Blog Talk Radio. Gotta love technology when it works, and gotta love technology when it doesn't work. Hello, everybody in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Our jingle at the beginning of our show, for some reason, is not working. We'll have to chalk that up to technical difficulties. Of course, I'm reporting live from Houston, Texas, as we're bracing for Tropical Storm Harvey, anticipating 24 to 36 inches of rain over the weekend. And my co-host, Stan Friedman, is in the windy city of Chicago. Stan, how is it up there today? Uh, beautiful day today, Paul. When I got here day before yesterday, I felt like I landed it back in Atlanta. It was this place was that you could cut the air with a knife here two days ago, but now it is a crisp and beautiful day in the windy city. Well, that's great. And of course, you're up there for the franchise capital exchange, which is uh, right in the in the midst of going on. Tell us uh, what you can about the event. Well, and yeah, as you know, it's a, it's a tough event to talk about because it's, there's a cloak of secrecy over the protection of it. brands. You know, when brands are looking for money, the uh, I guess their franchisees as well as their support teams in the office can, can find that disconcerting. Oh, my gosh, the, the boss is looking to sell or the franchisor is looking to sell, and that can create all kinds of nervous anxiety and then too if they come and the teams know that they're coming and then they don't get money oh my god there's something wrong with our concept so it's a, you know, it's a tough it's a tough event to talk about there are some brands here that are certainly worthy of investment and there are some brands here with you know they've already got in the 50s or more units so it is time for them to be looking for the, um, the kind of investment that will help them um, start doing more than just bootstrapping their way to that magic number of about 100 where we see royalty sufficiency so that they can cash flow positive and not be dependent on franchise sales to do so. Good stuff. It's, it's a great conference. I'm proud to be a participating sponsor, and and, you know, I can talk about some of those people that are here, uh, you know, the guys that are contributing to the program, like Ron Feldman and Art Coley and Tim Mady and Larry Meyer from FC Datsun and Don Kane. There's a bunch of us that the, the regular group. And I, I cut class, actually. I did a presentation this morning on behalf of FRM. And then instead of staying put in my chair to listen to Don Kane, who was going to follow me, from Hot Dish and then Shelly's son behind her, I I had to make a decision. Am I going to sit and listen to the two of them, or am I going to come here and talk with the two of you? So I opted in for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Let me just touch on a couple of things on the front of the house so we can get, bring Brad on. Uh, help IFA protect franchising. Again, re- register for the upcoming fan annual meeting. Changes in Washington can drastically affect your franchise. Equip yourself with the knowledge to protect and enhance your business by attending IFA's Franchise Action Network annual meeting, September 11th through 13th in Washington, D.C. Register at 
.org.org. Where did that accent come from? Anyway, uh, also, <laughs> webinar coming up, uh, Breakthrough Strategies for Franchise Marketers, brought to you by the Supplier Forum of the IFA. That's the next Wednesday-wise webinar. It will focus on winning the inbox, Breakthrough Strategies for Franchise Marketers. That webinar takes place on September 6th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, you can find more information at franchise.org. Of course, Next week is the annual Fagre Baker Daniels or Fagre BD Franchise Summit in Minneapolis. Uh, of course, Stan, I know uh, you will be there. And then, of course, we're going to follow up in September with the Springboard event for emerging franchisors in Philadelphia. And that's what we'll be talking about today as our guest, our returning guest, is Brad Fishman. Of course, everyone knows Brad as the CEO of Fishman Public Relations and as an extremely active member of the IFA. But Brad is, amongst many other things, also the co-founder of Springboard, a special event for emerging franchisors. Brad, welcome back to Franchise Today. Well, thank you, Paul and Stan. It's been wonderful sitting here in the green room listening to this a little bit. (laughs) The green room. I love it. I love it. And Stan, welcome to Chicago. Yes, it's but it is gorgeous <laughs> today, and I'm sitting in my office. Picture perfect day, man, and you couldn't, you couldn't. And last evening, even it was just nice. It was great, crisp shirt sleeve weather here. It was really, really nice. Yeah, matter of fact, I am off to uh, the White Sox game tonight. Even though I'm, a, I grew up a Cub fan, but uh, I was invited to the White Sox. So hopefully, it's going to continue being a great night in Chicago. Ought to be a perfect night for a baseball game. Well, that would well, be thanks great. Thanks for having it's, me uh, again, gentlemen. Yeah, Brad, it's great that you're able to be on here. Um, uh, I was happy to hear that you uh, were able to get on with uh, short notice. Usually, your travel st- is quite extensive, uh, so I know your schedule is quite packed. Uh, I would have loved to have Lane Fisher, um, your uh, partner in this, uh, on that. I know Lane is uh, riding horses through the surf. Uh, oh, you saw that too. He's in Jamaica. Sure. I can promise you, I it's saw not going to be yeah. cool there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we're, 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 so, we're very excited. We're excited for you know for the for Springboard, which is coming up next month, and uh, so he had to get a little rest in before things get nuts. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, off the uh, franchise Springboard.com site. It says successful franchisors know that franchising is based on the execution of a strategy, not the accidental discovery of the right path. And I think, you know, nothing could be further from the uh, – nothing could be more true than that statement. And I know there's a lot of things that are going to come out of this event that are going to help many, many, many emerging brands. But what I'd like to do for our listening audience is kind of take us back you know, to those first early, early stage conversations um, that eventually led into Springboard. I mean, what precipitated it? What spurred you and Lane to, to have those discussions? And, uh, and what did it take to, uh, uh, to move forward from there? Well, Lane and I kind of Lane and I met, and I kind of met probably in the mid '90s at an international franchise event. Actually, back then the fan meeting, which you guys discussed, there was no fan meeting back then. Which would back then it was a regional board and committee meetings, which were in Florida. Lane and I met then, 
And one thing led to another, and as you know, many of you guys, people know out there, Lane and I also run the Franchise Unconference, which is a, which is a, uh, a, a conference in Park City, Utah, in March. And as we, we kind of had, as we, you know, we invite people and different people come in. A lot of, majority of the people are returning people. But uh, we always love new, and we started meeting young emerging franchisors who were attending the event and found out, you know, they're all trying to find out what shouldn't they do instead of not only just finding out what they should do. Because every franchisor, and I'm sure Stan, as you're hearing, you know, at this conference in Chicago right now, is everyone made a mistake there. Everyone made some mistakes. How do you try to make a few less mistakes, which not only is going to save you tons of money, but in a lot of cases, way more important is time. You know, the difference in, you know, finding the right franchisee. Those first five franchisees are so important. And uh, instead of worrying about that first check coming, because one bad mistake is going to kill your validation. It's going to kill a lot of things with money, time, uh, trying to service those franchisees that really shouldn't have been the initial franchisees. And then we started talking, and, you know, Wayne and I being around the space for a long time, we're able to call in, you know, for a better word, call in some favors for some of our friends who are very established franchisors who have built great organizations and made some of those mistakes but are willing to share with people what they did and hopefully stop making a few less. Well, you know, this is going to be my third uh, springboard as a participating sponsor in the event. And I can tell you that from the first time I attended the thing that captured me and really got me feeling the way I do as passionate about Springboard is that you guys actually made it participatory. So it's not um, a bunch of podium, blah, 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 blah. Everybody who's there plays a role in the program. And whether you're coming as a sponsor or you're coming as a corporate employee if or if you're coming as an, as an emerging brand that's looking to crack you know, the code and, and get to the next level. I remember the first time we had this mock FDD and it was about Brad Fishman and Lane Fisher in this pretend FDD were very accomplished in their professions, but they were hanging it up and they were starting this new, and it was a phony FDD that was designed for teams to work on a project and have to read the FDD for homework after the first night and then the teams that were assembled to work on this were going to make decisions about how are we going to capitalize this new franchise offering? Are we going to market with area development or single unit or multi-unit? Um, how are we financing it? Are we going to use brokers? And every team had to sit in front of a board of, of people like Charlie Chase and Shelley's son and be judged on their go-to-market strategy. So no matter who you were, you were put on a team of like-minded people. You know, there were some F people that were on these teams that were finance people, some that were ops, some that were sales, and they all competed. But everybody contributed. And your take-home value is a lot stronger when you're participating. You did it again the second year that I was there, and I don't know what's involved for this year, Brad. Maybe you want to give us a glimpse, but hopefully hopefully it's still going to be very much um, hands-on where participants, no matter who they are, they are involved. We have to make it participatory. Because as time goes on, you know, I know I learn better when I'm involved in stuff from the ground up. You're going to have people who are going to talk, but we want to keep it very 
hands-on, let people get down and really get down and dirty. And, yes, there's going to be a winner. There's going to be a team that's not going to do present as well. But the whole knowledge of what you go through the process is the whole idea of what you're getting the people to think about. And it's interesting how you hear experienced franchisors learning stuff that which is part of the whole process. It's a learning process for everybody. Young emerging franchisors think differently than emerging franchisors. A lot of the very experienced franchisors delegate a lot more now, let's be blunt, and because they don't have to. They have a whole marketing department. When you're a young entrepreneur, you've got to do everything. You've got to wear every hat. So it's interesting how to hear different people's different views. The young you know, the younger generation, as a matter of fact, we have a panel this year that are millennial, fran- millennial franchisors. And wow. um, so it's, it's interesting the young people are getting into it. They're looking at this as a career very, very early instead of, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, starting businesses, a lot of them. So there's all kinds of people getting into franchising right now. And, Brad, I feel like this is um... – you know, this conference on two tracks becomes one of my favorite. It is my favorite because it is not just the emerging space, which I so love being a part of, but because also it's kind of like Gary and Teresa's conference with Franchise Leadership and Development Conference that it's focused. It's honed in. It's got a laser-sharp point on it. It's about breaking the, you know, the code on cracking 100 and, and getting from emerging to sustainable growth. So – Conferences that go deep, like Springboard, are you know a little less generic or a little less general. As you know, an IFA convention, you've got everything going on and a lot of tracks. But conferences like this are laser focused on the intent of helping get the word emerging out of the sentence as you're growing for sustainable growth. Well, and, and I'll ask you, I'll ask you guys the question because. This is an answer I don't think anyone can give. I heard, you know, when I, when I was in the green room, I heard the number of 100 units. If that's when the difference is when you don't become emerging. You know, people define it as, because I, hear, I ask people this question all the time. A lot of people you'll hear more is that 15 to 25. Once they're over 25, they don't consider themselves emerging. Is it when they become, finding, you know, royalty self-sufficient? Is it 50? Is it, I, don't have the, I don't have anyone who really has a good answer. It's what anyone's definition is. And it's, you know, question is, is yes, are we royalty self-sufficient? Well, so what do you, you know, what do you guys really think? I'm going to just jump in front of you, Paul, and then you've got a question behind this. Um, I feel like the work we're doing with the three-year plan that Shelley has asked for the supplier board to work on for emerging franchise growth and development we're using the number of 100 just as a round number. I don't know that there's a right or a wrong. I think it's plus minus, but, you know, you've got to put a, a mark someplace for you can't measure what you, you, man, you can't manage what you don't measure. So for the purposes of definition, we're using the about 100 at that number for royalty sufficiency. I think, I, I, I think the, the number, I understand where you're coming from, Stan. You need a, a, a benchmark, so to speak, to measure from, but I think there are so many variables. The, the experience of the, uh, of the franchise leadership team certainly plays into it. If you have a, yep. a rather inexperienced team and you're at 30 units as opposed to a very experienced leadership team at 30 minutes, 
uh, 30 units. Obviously, the uh, the trajectory from there might be far greater. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do where they are in their in their systems and their processes. The industry segment are they in a in a, a relatively new industry segment with a very uh, distinctive value proposition as opposed to in a very crowded industry segment? How many corporate units they have? How well proven and defined the uh, the uh, the business model is. I think there's a lot of variables um, that are in there, and and obviously we look at so many brands that are that are coming to the uh, to the forefront right now in in franchising or entering into franchising. I I should say, you know, I I know here's so many people say emerging brands. It's 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 one that has two units. Um, I look at those obviously as true startup. I think when they finally start emerging is right along with the word when they start gaining a little bit of, uh, of exposure and a little bit of traction. And then from there, it, it, a lot of it depends on the, um, you know, certainly on the trajectory. But the, the question that I wanted to answer, ask Brad was, well, the point that I wanted to bring up, I was at um, the first few uh, springboard events in Philadelphia, and uh, I remember the first one I was at was um, they had a Shark Tank, and Steve Greenberg and, and Shelly Sun, and I don't remember the third person that was supposedly on the Shark Tank panel. Um, the the participation in the um, the different events that took place leading up to actually getting out in front of the sharks was quite quite extraordinary. I mean, I remember being in a room with 60 other people of varying degrees of, of experience and, and success in business and in franchising. And one of the great things that I took away from it, as well as several other, several emerging franchisors took away from it, was the experience, was from the experienced franchisors and how they thought and how they came up with their their perspective and it didn't matter because obviously it was totally outside what their brand was because we were dealing with a fictitious brand but the way they went about um, solving coming up with solutions looking at ways to um, develop additional profit centers to come up with different um, you know resources that you know, a lot of them that had that were in the room that had good business models as independent businessmen, you know, were looking at it with just this sense of awe, like, how did they do that so quick? And I think, you know, that's just one of the things that the experienced, mature franchisors, you know, bring to the table that to me is just priceless amount of success and experience in a real-time environment that they show the uh, the emerging brands. And that's really what has stuck with me through the, uh, the the handful of shows, the handful of emerging brand events that I've gone to. And it's something we always try to do when, you know, when Lane and I and our group really put our time and try to split people up. We kind of try to have that. And, you know, as, as you kind of mentioned here, Stan, you're at, a, you're at a PE conference right now. And, Franchising is so hot with PE people. So, you know, when this, when I, when, 
you know, I know both of you guys have been around the franchising model for a long time. I mean, when we first surrounded here, you didn't find as what I like to call professional managers as much back in the old days. You had some really good entrepreneurs who knew how to, who came up with an idea, knew how to run a business. Now, as more PE firms are coming in, they are bringing in professional managers. And these are people that have tremendous amount of experiences, a lot of them running multinational, you know, multinational, multi, you know, millions and billions of dollar divisions of companies. So I think it's interesting how they have a different perspective of way different types of people who kind of gel together to form that one team. And I completely agree with you because it makes it a lot of fun, but it, the knowledge that so many of these people bring here, it's shocking to me how, you know, David Barr, who's been involved with a good friend of ours for such a long time. I mean, David came from, he was a, you know, a, back then was a big ed accountant. He was president of a franchise division. He sits on publicly traded boards. And, with, you know, you look at the type of ideas that run through his head, and you're like, wow, I never even would have thought of that. <laughs> and, but yeah. that's the type of people that you bring in. And, and, you know, the good combination. And entrepreneurs are a rare breed because, as I always tell people, no one knows what it's like is when, you know, being an entrepreneur myself. You know, it, it's tough. You make decisions sometimes that are maybe are not always the greatest for, you know, the three-year plan. But when you're an entrepreneur, you got to make it because you got to pay bills. Right. Yeah, so, you know, it's tough, too. It's tough, too, though, Brad, because, you know, I feel like it's not that many years ago when I was still on the Zor side of the business and the kinds of tools that are available to franchisors today to help them manage their businesses are so much more abundant. I mean, technology has just pushed the envelope on the change between how things used to be done and how things are done. But it doesn't change the fact that so many of these emerging franchisors are still a lot more entrepreneurial sometimes than it's in their best interests to be and even even with the tools available to them you can lead a horse to water we all know the rest of that story but you know at the end of the day i really believe that it's become even more incumbent that the private equity issue has pushed the envelope it's forced franchisors to raise the bar on what they do because growing your business is not the same as developing you know, a model that's proven franchise worthy. So you can get to three to four units and still be the entrepreneur with your hands on the clay. But, you know, if you're going to scale your business beyond that, the skill sets that got you to where you are are not the ones you need anymore to, to break the mold and, and grow. And, and, and if you don't do that in today's world with all the professional management that private equity has brought into the space, you're toast. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you. And, you know, I think with how hot the franchising market is, there's probably some emerging brands that probably should have waited a little bit longer before they started franchising. Right. And, you, well, be, you know, and, you know, I've looked at the, you know, this has been the fifth year of Springboard. There's a, there's, we always get a bunch of companies who are trying to determine, should they franchise their business? And compared to, okay, I am a franchise, what should I do? And what goes along with it and the time and the effort and, you know, coming from a direct knowledge, I mean, when I was, when I was growing up, my father and his partner were franchising a check cashing business. 
and they were in for, and they finally realized they didn't really want to be franchisors. You know, it's interesting you, you say that, uh, Brad. Um, we've been working with a lot of clients, uh, a handful of clients of late, um, through some feasibility study on whether or not um, they should franchise or not. And what's really come out of it um, is when it's presented in the right way, a lot of times they say, yeah, we're, we're premature in it. But when they take the, uh, the pointers and they know what they have to focus on as if they were going to franchise, they've always felt uh, and have seen the results that they're better, um, their business becomes better by preparing to franchise even if they don't because they start going through the things like, you know, documenting their processes, bringing in, you know, some of the latest trends in technology and, and what have you. And they find that they are now able to uh, operate a, uh, a second location that they never thought they would know how to do in the past. And it's interesting, too, um, one of um, our clients that's been at the, um, uh, at the, uh, uh, the, the Springboard event uh, a few years ago uh, that decided after a long, long time of trying to explore whether or not franchising was right for them, you know, actually said tongue-in-cheek to me, yes, they, you know, I think I should come there and do a, uh, a panel discussion on, you know, why you shouldn't franchise. Um, and we had an interesting uh, exchange of conversation about it. And I said, you know, yes, and I'm not the one that took them into franchising, but I certainly helped them uh, after the fact. And I said, but all the things that we went through in preparation for franchising, do you feel it helped uh, improve your business? And he said, tremendously, without going through that exercise, even though we're not franchising, maybe we will in the future, but even though we're not franchising, I don't know if we would be here today had we not gone through that exercise because it forced us to learn so much more about our business that uh, it's operating far better today, more efficiently, more profitable um, than ever before. So there's, there's a lot of good that comes of it, even if they don't make the decision um, to move forward, and maybe at some point they will. A question I have for you, Brad, is, you know, five years uh, springboard event, uh, certainly uh, one of the main stops and one of the favorite stops of many on the, uh, the franchise event uh, circuit. What changed? What has changed this year from five years ago? Where has the, um, uh, the evolution uh, taken it to today from where it was five years ago? It's an interesting question, and um, I happen to be talking to Paul Rocchio from the ISA this morning, and, um, you know, it's interesting. Our attendance is dramatically up right now and um, for this year for Springboard. And, you know, we were fortunate. You know, our first year we had Entrepreneur as a media partner, and uh, that didn't dramatically help. But I was, you know, I happened to be reading through the list with Paul this morning, and he goes, you probably realize there's 40 companies he's never heard of? And here he is running membership at the IFA. So <laughs> there's so many people out there that are looking to franchise their business and franchising their business. And it's getting the word out. And probably one of the biggest things we've done this year is we did a social media campaign. I mean, it's really, it's, 
it's it's interesting for us is like how many different companies are out there and we're always finding every year we're always finding more and more companies and you know we're all you know all of us being extremely involved and talking about the three of us very involved with the IFA you know I think last year we were the biggest introduction to new members joining the IFA because of people there and there's always coming new and new and more emerging new franchise companies looking to go in into franchising which is fabulous for you know all of us livelihoods depend on franchising but you know we're trying to sure. do is get the get the word out you know and Paul you brought up a fabulous point that they are a better business now because they did not franchise they understand how you know the different things that go along with it you know structure, financial, um, if they did if they weren't great at it, you know, operations as they're trying to go to their second spot. And the whole idea is to let people know there's always going to be new emerging franchise brands out there, which is great for everybody in the industry. But we want successful emerging franchise systems. Yes, we all know there's going to be a few mistakes along the way and people are going to drop franchising as a model. But if they become a better business, and we're seeing this more and more and more, and uh, it's an enticing thing, it's a great model, and hey, we all love it. But uh, I think they have to be prepared for it and try to stay away from some of those mistakes when they are ready to franchise. Yeah, one one great <coughs> quote before I go into the uh, mid-break. I think it was the first, or it might have been the second year, of the uh, springboard conference and Ron Feldman was up in front of the emerging brands. And he said, why would you as emerging brands expect individuals to invest their life savings in your brand? If your own balance sheet wouldn't even qualify you to buy a single unit in your system. And I'll leave it with that. You're listening to franchise today. I'm Paul Segreto along with Stan Friedman, and we're talking today with Brad Fishman, CEO of Fishman Public Relations and co-founder of Springboard, a special event for emerging franchisors. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting a hybrid approach that delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with the guidance needed to navigate that. Learn more about the Franchise Foundry, along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply, simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages 
to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including techs. Legal compliance, legal and compliance is simplified too with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including text messages, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost each year, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Brad, let's talk about this year's event and, and the other favorite thing that always, always pays huge dividends for those who attend Springboard is the ability to network and to have opportunities to not only take what they take from the working sessions uh, and their collaboration in those sessions, but the availability of high-profile, highly successful franchisors like Catherine Monson and Shelley, Charlie Chase, the ability to have conversations with people who they can aspire to. Talk a little bit about the networking aspects. Well, Lane has always been the one who's really good at education. I usually take the, the lead at the networking part, which is what I enjoy the most. So, you know, we try to keep it from the moment you get there, starting on you know, this year, falling on a Monday, and going into our opening. We have some sessions and go right into a, an opening cocktail party at a fun new location, and hopefully the weather's going to be beautiful. And then we go from morning to the next day, going on Tuesday, we go from breakfast all the way through dinner, which is at a new fun place, which is a surprise-ish. Uh, but uh, it's a lot of fun, so we decided to go to a new location. But the whole idea is because I think the idea, and you said you hit it right on the thing, network is what, in my personal opinion, makes what our conference different from everyone else's, where we really try to keep people involved but let people know on a friendly environment and uh, the networking aspect of it. We have the cocktail parties, and we go into fun dinners and just try to keep it really exciting, interactive, because to me that's where you don't have the opportunity. You know, I love the IFA convention. I've been involved in it. I haven't missed an IFA convention since 1993. But when you have 4,000 people, it's tougher to find the person you really want to talk to. And here it's very interactive, the ability to go up and talk to his Shelly son. And just go over and talk to her. It's great. And that's what we enjoy the most. I know all our, you know, the, the past members, that's what they, everything comes back to the comments is how nice it is that you can really talk to anybody out there. Franchisors, as you all know, are fabulous in the whole franchising industry as a whole. A great uh, sharing. Even though we're all competitors out there, we want to share because the value and the long term of the franchise and industry is so important to many of us. So the networking part is a big part of what we do. We try to make it very fun. We try to keep it very casual. And, uh, you know, we're one of the few conferences that says at night, at our dinners, wear jeans, have fun. So we know that this is the record year. I mean, you've grown this thing. Uh, to a place where I'm certain in the beginning you had no idea what this was going to morph into and become. But who should be registered that isn't? If you were talking to somebody in our audience 
They may think they're either too small or maybe they're too far along. Um, who should register for this? And, and frankly, is it too late or are you almost at capacity? No, we we actually moved our we moved hotels this year to increase the capacity. So I think as I mentioned before, we're hundred and fifty percent up already this year. And you know, we tell people anyone who's looking to franchise and uh, you know, I guess technically probably the hundred number, but I think anyone who wants to learn and network, I mean we have a lot of people who are attending just because there's always going to be something new. With, you know, as, as, you, as you guys both know and attend many, we have some great, you know, sponsors slash suppliers who are a big part of our organization. And Lane and I don't make money at this. Our whole goal is not to lose any money at this. And it's something we can give back to because the way we feel about the industry. So whatever, whatever money comes in goes right out the door because of the type of food we do, the type of entertainment we try to do, the venues that we go for. And it's pretty much an all-inclusive thing. And we'd love to anyone who's new to the franchising industry. Like as we just talked about, the great place to network. And uh, I always tell people, if you're zero to 200, it's a great place to be and really find out what's going, what, what you are doing well if you're a 200 unit and places you really want to improve and talk to people about. Well, I am uh, honored uh, to say that Franchise Foundry, one of our newest clients, enjoy your party. Uh, Patrick Morlando <laughs> out of New Jersey just sent me an email and said I registered to attend. So uh, uh, he'll be there with with his team as well. That'll be great. Tell yeah, us about the, you have an exciting. Tell us about the exciting keynote speaker you have this year. Oh, as you probably saw, you know, and you know, everyone knows the Albrecht name, which is now owned by Work Capital, and. It's a very small little world. Wayne's oldest child, oldest son Ryan, was being tutored by by someone in Philadelphia for his ACT, SATs, and helping them decide on universities. And found out that her that her father was the co-founder with his brother of Arby's. And, wow. uh Which is so, Mr. Raffle, who was in his early nineties. Lane flew down to Florida, met with him, and he said he'd be willing to come speak to us. And it was like, I, I go, Lane, are you kidding me? He goes, no. I goes, that's I got him to, to agree, and he's looking really forward to it. And mm-hmm. and you know, the one big thing he said, and he, Lane said he was absolutely fascinated that Leroy, his name Leroy Raffle, was absolutely fascinated about the type of conference. And what a great idea it was, and he was so he will be flying up and uh, coming to speak to everyone, and it's an incredible story what they were able to do and the trials and tribulations they did to starting a franchise back in you know when franchising wasn't as easy. You didn't have as much knowledge out there. It was probably before the IFA was founded. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's I, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, him sharing his story, that's going to be absolutely great. You know that a lot of the uh, very impressionable uh, young franchisors in the audience are, are going to just hang on his every word. 
That's going to be fantastic. Kudos I mean, he laid the groundwork for so many people out there. And uh, him and his brother did, you know, and they went through some a lot of trials and tribulations of what's sure. going on with, you know, look at Arby's now. I mean, Arby's is probably, what, if you look at, you know, a lot of a lot of things in the restaurant business, is probably the star right now of, you know, the unit averages have gone up dramatically. Financially, Arby's is extremely successful now. They changed the menu. And they've evolved to what a lot of, you know, what franchise always have to do over time, changing the menu. Sure. Sure. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the partnership for Springboard. There's, there's Fishman Public Relations. There's uh, Lane's Fern, Fisher Zucker's, also Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of knowledgeable people, a lot of passionate people. You know, how has the, the partnership evolved over the years to what it is today? Well, as, as most people know, Lane and I have had a long, long-time relationship both personally and business gods, like I said, I mentioned since the mid-90s, and our involvement in ISA, what we, how we're both passionate about the franchising industry. Entrepreneur has been around longer than I've been around in franchising. And, you know, it's very nice that Ryan Shea, who, you know, is, is coming, who right now is the editor, or I don't know, technically the editor, the publisher. And so Ryan's coming in from California to speak. Because, you know, everyone knows the Entrepreneur 500. They have great reach in the franchise space. And, uh, you know, it's been something that we are really proud of, of our involvement with this. It's something that, as I mentioned before, Elaine and I are not making money at this. We are giving back to the franchising community. We're proud to be part of it, you know, and it's great for the industry. And it's, it's, it's something that we love. And... Um, would, you know, it's something Lane and I put a tremendous amount of time on. Is my wife Sherry jokes around about it? She knows when it's getting closer to Springboard because I get so many m- more phone calls. And Sherry said the best thing about Lane being in, <laughs> on his vacation right now is she has, I haven't heard from him on a phone. I've gotten a tremendous <laughs> amount of emails and texts, but uh, at least we can enjoy a peaceful week. So, Brad, are you able That's to funny. reveal any anything about this year's event as a sizzler or as a sneak preview of maybe something that we're going to experience? Is there anything you're allowed to talk about without getting you in trouble? Oh, probably most. You know, we've we've decided, you know, it's like anything else. What we are bringing to, we're trying to bring up new marketing ideas, um, looking at way different marketing type, you know, different type of marketing ideas, looking at uh, millennials, how millennial franchisors are thinking, um, we're going to do some type of, you know, without revealing too much, there will be some type of interactive thing with judges like we normally do. And uh, I think the uh, the evening activity on Tuesday is going to be fabulous. It's something dramatically different. And being in Philadelphia, we have a lot of flexibility in that. There's a lot of, uh, how would I put it, it's history there. And uh, which makes it fun, and we try to do something really different. And, you know, the whole idea is get people networking, get people learning, and at the end of the day, if they make one last mistake, everyone's going to be grateful for that. And we want to see more and more as a big part of what, you know, as, as you kind of mentioned before, Stan, is ISA's big initiative. How are we going to help some more franchisors reach that 100 yeah. mark? And... Uh, helping people get from 10 to 30, 30 to 50, 50 to 100, 
is part of it. Let people know what goes on, what what's it, the new initiative, how they should spend their money, what they should be ready for. And uh, we're going to continue to do what we do well and things that we take our feedback very seriously. And believe it or not, we actually get a big portion compared to most other conferences. We actually usually get pretty good feedback. And so we take that. Go ahead and finish, Brent. Go ahead and finish. Yeah, we get pretty good feedback and see what people really enjoy and things we can improve on. Do we have any vehicle as to identifying first-timers from veterans and or newbies in terms of emerging versus... We have not gone to that because we want everyone to feel everyone's on the same boat. Right. You're going to... Everyone's going to see who the speakers are, and uh, you know. But we want everyone to feel comfortable, and you're going to look for. I don't want anyone, you know. And I know ISA. It's a more difficult thing. You have to have the style because they're different type of programs that they have for newbies. Here, everyone's equal. Everyone's out here to learn and to teach. And some newbies are just as good teachers and will say just as good things because of what they do in their own business. Are there going to be any histor- any historical figures or rabbis or or? Uh... <laughs> well, we we figured we were about as good as historical as we're going to find. There's not many people who are in franchising for as long as he is. But I think it's it's an amazing thing where two guys that are iconic like you and Lane are you humanize yourself to the point where you self-deprecating fun the skits you've done. I mean. There's no place else in franchising that you're going to go find Lane and Brad Fishman dressed up in character roles like I've seen at Springboard before. So there's a fun side to this thing that goes beyond yeah, the and I go kicking and screaming every year because Lane somehow falls in love with this whole thing. <laughs> and he spends hour after hour. And my word is, I'll do anything in this world. I could speak to 100,000 people, but me singing or me doing karaoke is my biggest nightmare. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that is funny. I cringed at the whole idea of last year already. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so but we, we, have, we know that we have a little bit of time we have a little bit of time left, Brad, for people to uh sign up. What is the best way for them to learn more and to uh, uh get some more information and to uh and to sign up? The best place to do it is go to FranchiseSpringboard.com or FranchiseUnconference.com. That'll take you to both places, which will get you back to our site there. I think it's a great place for young emerging brands. And I don't even want to say brands that are, you know, might feel that they're a little bit stagnant. <laughs> to come out, get some energy, because that's the way it is. People are so energized at this conference. We make it so fun. We want everyone to look at it and say, wow, I love this industry as much as Lane and I do. And uh, if we do it right, we're going to be successful at this. No doubt. And I'm looking forward to participating and being there again and seeing uh, you and Lane. Like I said, I wish he had an opportunity to be with us today. But he, he does need to prioritize a little bit of time off uh, here and there, so uh, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully he's not coming home with too much of a suntan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe he's coming home with a horse, and that's going to be part of your skit. You don't even know about it yet. 
Maybe he's doing <laughs> part of the filming down there. He is in Jamaica. Maybe he's doing Dragons this year. <laughs> Fun stuff. That would be, that would be hey, interesting Brad. to see. Yeah, that would be. Brad, thanks again for uh, returning. As thanks, so, on, like on I said, thank you so today. much for having me. We look forward to seeing you guys next month. And uh, please, anyone who's listening right now who really feels that they would enjoy themselves and get a lot of great knowledge about it, FranchiseSpringboard.com. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to talking and seeing you guys soon. See you soon, Brad. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Enjoy, your, enjoy the rest of your quiet August at home. <laughs> good stuff, Stan. Real good stuff. Um, boy, you're on a busy um, travel schedule. You're in Chicago now. Next week, you'll be in Minneapolis. Then, of course, you're on up to Buffalo for your annual uh, wing event. And then coming out of that, you'll be in D.C. And then in uh, in Philadelphia. God, when do you have time to breathe? Well, I'm going to stay home for franchise updates coming up pretty soon. There's a week at home. So, well, it's a week at home. It's a week in Atlanta, and I'm still in a hotel room, right? But... Hey, I wouldn't change. I, say, I, wouldn't change I wouldn't change any of this for the world. I mean, we are blessed to be part of something that you know. We get into this time of year. I always call it silly season. But um, who's to complain about being around a business that's growing like franchising is, having a place in it to help others um, do the things that you've learned over the years that you can share out and um, you know pay forward, pay back. It's everything about franchising that we live for, Paul. So this is our, you know, this is high it season. Is. And and I can't wait, frankly. I, I love it every year. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. It is a unbelievable community. And I really felt, um, really felt it um, yesterday as, um, you know, I celebrated my 60th birthday. And having spent the past two weeks in social media detox, uh, it was a wonderful surprise to return to see the many, many birthday wishes on Facebook, on LinkedIn, um, celebrating my 60th birthday and, the, and the, the days leading up to it. I was a bit out of sorts. However, however as, the, as the number of well wishes kept mounting, uh, including those by text, email, and by phone, it, it certainly was extremely difficult not to smile, and certainly that was the case as I retrieved an early morning voicemail from a dear friend of ours, Jerry Darnell, singing happy birthday to me, and uh, and that just made, uh, made my day. Uh, and then afterwards, I, I received a number of, of, of beautiful emails and, and texts that had me shed a tear or two. So um, this is a tremendous, tremendous uh, franchise community. And I thank you and I thank uh, Brad and Jerry and everybody else that's in the community because it truly is family. Well, all those, all those years, Paul, are, are um, you know, you're, you're no kid anymore. You're catching up. You, you got a way to go to get me, but you're on your way. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well, another great show. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best, at this great, great thing we call franchising. Franchise Today is out. Franchise Pros, stand amazed. 
Paul Segretto, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchising. Franchise today. 